ever funny. Always glowing, <laughs> Nina Kern. Ah, so Nina. Yes, Kashan. Anything special happened this week? In my life? Sure. Um, I went to the zoo, and it's the first time I've went to the zoo in about a year and a half. <laughs> wow, such a long stretch between zoo visits. Hey, so last time I went to the zoo, it sucked because I was on a date with this guy who wouldn't kiss me at the zoo, and I was like, kiss me, where there's Christmas lights everywhere, and he wouldn't do it, and it was weird. And then um, I was like taking the kids I work with to the zoo, and I'm like, fuck, this is going to be boring. But then I forgot that kids actually like the zoo, so it was fun. Because they would lose their shit every time they saw an animal. Wait, so like he actively refused to kiss you? Like No, like, he just didn't make a move. Were you looking at his lips a bunch? Because that's I don't remember. That's how you do it. You gotta you gotta it, Oh, is that how you do it, Kishan? Yes. Is that what is that what Reddit told you? Uh yeah, and guess what? It worked on like two people. <laughs> okay. Kishan's also only kissed three, so. Okay, don't know me so well. Alright. Anyway. And one of them was his mom. No, 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 that's a lie. <laughs> Stop perpetrating falsities. Uh, no. She doesn't count. Uh, yeah, so I went to the zoo. That's probably the only noteworthy thing that's happened this week. Such an interesting life you lead, Nina. Yeah, super interesting. What about you? Anything fun and exciting happened this week? So anything that you're dying to tell the viewers, to the listeners at home? I mean, no. I mean, you know. Uh, so for, the, for those at home that don't know, me and Nina uh, work together at the same... Unfortunately. At the same restaurant. And uh, basically one of, the, one of the people... Not basically, it happened. Basically, basically what actually happened was, was uh, one of our bartenders got shot. Yes. Uh, not fatally. Uh, in Thank the, God. In the arm. She's going to be okay. But uh, I ended up working a lot this week because uh, of and that. And I worked extra. Um, so. We will also post a link to the GoFundMe. Yeah. She has a GoFundMe. So. Uh, she's going to need surgery and is losing work. And so if you could donate to our friend Michelle, we actually would really, 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 really appreciate it. And I'm sure she would appreciate it too. She's got a very uh, young daughter. She's a single mom, one of the strongest people I know. So mm-hmm. she could really use your support. So thank you. Yeah. Um, if you don't... Donate to her GoFundMe. You hate people and you support violence. So yeah, prove it that you don't. You know, I did. So I posted the link to her GoFundMe in my Instagram, one of my Instagram stories, uh-huh. and I wrote, "P.S. If you're pro-life, this is the time to prove it." And um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how many people did that get to donate? I don't know. I know. I know four or five people who do not know Michelle, who I just personally know, who have donated. So. Well, Four or five people donated. That's very nice. Uh, twisting people's terrible. If this terrible, was a fundraiser, yeah. I raised Michelle about $100, so... Oh, man, you get to choose something uh, really nice from the catalog. Uh, you get one of those little popper things you flip inside out that jumps really high, or a Chinese finger trap. I want a Chinese finger trap. That's it. So the kid that I work with the other day, he was pulling on my finger, and I was like, you better cut that out. And he's like, why? And I said, don't you know what happens when you pull people's fingers? And he said, no. And I said, they fart. And, um... Now he pulls my finger all the time, and I still haven't farted. You got to start eating some beans. I know. Yesterday I ate an entire sheet of broccoli. Oh, oh that's <laughs> disgusting. I know. And I still haven't pooped. <laughs> uh, wait, what time yesterday? Um, like eight o'clock. P.M. Yeah. 
Ah, uh, still. That's a long time. Do you drink coffee? Yeah. You got through all your morning coffee and it's still baking inside of you? Yeah, I'm so scared for tomorrow oh, morning. Oh, you're going to have a broccoli, baby. I am. And I eat spicy food. It's going to be spicy. Oh, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Good thing I'm single. And uh, uh, it looks like you might stay that way if you keep eating all of that broccoli. It was just so good. So anyway, enough about my poop. <laughs> Uh, yeah, moving on to uh, today's subject, I actually have something I'd like to lead with that isn't the subject for today. Okay. But it's very related. Uh, it just happens to be an Italian immigrant. Yes. Who uh, became famous in America yes. in the 1920s, and his name is Carlo Ponzi. Yes, he was the originator. Of the Ponzi scheme. Yeah, well, believe it or not, like, this kind of scheme is older than Carlo Ponzi. Yes. But but it became popularized with him because he had a big Big one. one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know the background of it, but basically, you could get these stamp redemptions from, like, the U.S. Postal Service. Yes. Where if you brought stamps in, they would, like, pay you a certain amount of money for the stamps. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, when you would recite, like, when you recycle, um, what the fuck is this, can opener. Yes. What is this called? Uh, it's the tab on top. Tab. Of it. Thank you. Like, can opener, something different. I know. Use that I to just open. Was like, I can't. You know, Whatever. When you recycle with that. shit, you can get a dime. Yes. So it's like that. So he was telling people, he's like, "Hey, I got this great racket. Like, uh, I'm not going to do an Italian accent because it would be really racist." So he's uh, he's like, "Ah, oh, you know, I'll buy stamps." At a discounted rate from other countries, like he could get stamps, supposedly, at a discounted rate in other countries, and then return them at the U.S. Postal Service for uh, profits on what he spent for them, and then all you had to do was invest in them so he could buy more, and he would pass some of that profit on to you. But what he was really doing is that he was just getting more investors after the first ones, and using all of the new investment money to pay all of the old people and skimming off the top. Okay, I don't know how people are smart enough to do this. Like, this is a lot of work. Yes. And and what we're going to get into is ten times more work. I mean... Yeah, it was a lot of work. I was like, I think by the end of it, Carlo Ponzi had, like, just over, like, 10,000 people or something involved. Right. You know, for a total of, like, not not as much money even back then. Like, like a lot, but not as much. What we're talking about today... With, you guessed it probably by now, uh, Bernie Madoff and the largest Ponzi scheme. the Ever. Exactly. The largest fraudulent enterprise to ever be uncovered in America. Uh, he had so much more time and money and effort put in to this Ponzi scheme. I, did, I actually did not know about Carlo Ponzi until we started researching more about this. When mm-hmm. I heard about the Ponzi scheme, I thought that that was just the name of what Bernie Madoff did. I didn't realize it was like this, like a blanket term for this type of scheme. Yeah, it's basically, it's any, it's any uh, financial like scheme that, or I guess where the person perpetrating the scheme uh, tells people that he can give them great returns on an investment that they make, and then instead of actually doing the investment that they say they're going to do, they just take the money from new investors and use it to pay off the, uh, old, ones. the old ones, and then they, they take money off the top. So Ponzi had his stamps, and uh, Bernie Madoff just had himself. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know what the fuck he did, but... well. 
He was scamming. What, scamming, scamming. What a great segue. Into. That's exactly what we're going to talk about. Yep. Bernie Madoff, schemey scamming. Schemey scamming, Bernie Madoff. So, uh, to start off, Bernie Madoff was born in, uh, God, it's like New Jersey, you know. I- I'm really bad with uh, geography in general. Where was he born? I forget. Born in New York City. Yeah, that's kind of like that's kind of like New Jersey, you know. It's got a new in it. I'm assuming yeah. it's around the same area. You can get there on a train. If anyone's listening in New York and New Jersey, they probably hate us right now because I'm sure there's yeah. some sort of rivalry. Oh, there is between them. New Jersey has no sports teams, as far as I know. No, but they have Chris Christie, who's a fat fuck. Yeah, and he just got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if he makes it, I will be surprised. I, yeah, he, I'm like, I'm not trying to, like, shame, body shame him, but, like, I don't know how he's going to make it. Like, I already feel like he has a hard time breathing, and mm-hmm. then you put COVID on top of that. It's like him running a marathon, <laughs> already overweight, with a gravity blanket on. Like, he's just not going to be able to do it. A gravity blanket? Yeah, do you know what a gravity blanket is? No. Oh, so a gravity blanket is a weighted blanket that people use when oh. they have anxiety. It feels, oh. it, like, is, like feels like you're getting hugged. I do know what that is. Yeah, actually. I don't have one, but I want one. Yeah, I would just feel like I'm getting crushed to death. They're it's very um, unfun. Even a little no, bit of weight, no, no, no. I feel. They, mm. they're, they're actually, like, really nice. Because the weight's evenly distributed. My girlfriend made one. Oh. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. Scary. You felt like you were getting crushed? Yeah, scary to me. I don't All know. Right. I don't like well, anything on don't my use chest, it. you know? Don't use it. Uh, anyway, uh, Bernie Madoff, uh, New York. Uh, he grew up in like a maybe like a lower middle class. I think is the the best definition of uh, his family. Uh, traditional well, Jewish family. Well, what I really liked about his family was his dad was a plumber, uh-huh. and then his mom was a fucking stockbroker. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, for like the forties and fifties, that's pretty. I don't know, like go Mrs. Madoff. I think that's pretty cool. Hey, Mrs. Madoff, I just came home from literally, literally swamping out 300 miles of human shit. How was your day? Was that supposed to be a New York accent? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just thought it was cool because women back then, I didn't really think did that shit. So, Like my grandmas and my great grandmas, they, they weren't stockbrokers. You know what? Mine either. They were stay-at-home moms and a secretary. I don't know what my grandparents did. Wow, really? Yeah, I don't know. Most of them died young, so uh-huh. I didn't get to talk to them. Oh, I'm sorry. My grand, my great grandpa was a uh, real estate agent. There we go. Oh, Couldn't nice. think of the Oh, you know what? My grandma is a massage therapist. Ooh, sexy. Don't say sexy <laughs> in relation to my grandma. <laughs> Very weird. My grandpa was a mechanic at um, Goodyear. I don't. He fixed shit. And then uh, my other grandpa was a pastor and a bricklayer. I'm slowly realizing I lied because I know my grandpa on my dad's side was a comic book artist for DC. What? Yeah, he drew the Batman Detective comics. His name is Norm Brayfogle. That's so cool. Yeah. He did a lot of stuff. He's actually a really famous comic book artist. Did he die before you were born? No. That's insane. Yeah. Did you know him? Yeah, a little bit. I didn't, like, uh, he ended up leaving my grandma, like, later. Oh. Like, like they, they got divorced. Okay. Um, so I didn't talk to him for a long time. I talked to him, like, I got, uh, yeah. 
after I graduated college, like right before I moved out here, actually. You were he, like, hey, Grandpa, you got some connections? Uh, he just lived in Michigan, so I just messaged him. I was <laughs> like, hey, I'm moving to Illinois. It's going to be kind of close to you. But it was after he had a stroke, so he was kind of... He couldn't draw anymore. He was left-handed. He Aww. lost He lost control of his left-hand side. That's sad. Yeah. All right, Bernie Madoff. Um, <laughs> now that we got really sad. Now that we have uh, lost everybody's, like enthusiasm completely with that sad sad story yeah i got so many more of them if you ever want to hear i know you do um yeah so stockbroker mom upper middle class Mm -hmm. uh his his childhood is like relatively pedestrian like there's not there's not much about it that i could find at least personally it was just nothing focuses on it it's just kind of like oh yeah he he grew up. <laughs> he grew up. He graduated high school. Uh, which he did. He met his wife. This was one thing that I thought was uh, kind of cute. He, uh, Ruth Madoff, his wife, they met in high school. They were high school oh, sweethearts. Oh, and Ruthie. And they stayed uh, married all the way. Uh, I think they're still married, they're actually. They're still married. But she definitely did quote after everything, like, uh, the man who perpetrated this scandal is not the man that I fell in love with. <laughs> That's what they all say. Yeah, Bitch, you were high rolling off that dough. Like, I don't, you Oh, know. yeah, you kidding me? Also, I mean, she had a relatively large uh, uh, part to play in it. Supposedly, that's never been, you know, she's never been fucking arrested. Right. Well, you can't arrest anyone named Ruthie. I mean, I'm just Yes, her. you can. <laughs> Come on, it's such a wholesome name. Wouldn't you feel bad arrested? Like, come on, Ruthie Madoff, you're under arrest. Like, this just feels wrong. No. It's not as bad as, like, I don't know, Edna. Like, you're like, Edna. we got to throw Edna in prison. I'd be, Edna like, was, be like, what did she do? Like, knit too hard? Edna was my lunch lady. Of course. Edna's she a lunch lady name. Edna Koblenz. Oh, man. Is that And she talks. No, it's, I don't know. Everybody, there's a lot of Koblenzes where I'm from. They're all Mennonite. Koblenzes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she, she talked like this. I'm not kidding. That's great. She was the stereotypical lunch lady. What do you want? She's like, what? Well, so it was so funny. My <laughs> um, math teacher in, in junior high would purposely not send the lunch count, so Edna would call our class every day and yell, and she'd be like, I need your lunch count! And my math teacher was like, huh, gets me every morning. <laughs> uh, she is my coffee. <laughs> that that uh, raspy voice uh, is the only thing that wakes me up anymore. Miss Spencer was crazy, so she would, that would wake her up. Great. Uh, uh, but yeah, so so he, he grew up pretty pedestrian. Uh, he, he went to like uh, Queens College and then he did, he ended up going to, uh, oh yeah, Hofstra. <laughs> Hofstra is a is actually a really well known. Um, well, there's a Chipotle Mexican Grill really close, so you know it's quality. Yeah, it's quality because if you have enough, if you have enough hope that your fucking halls aren't going to be absolutely smattered with human feces, being that close to a Chipotle, like you must have your shit together. I love Chipotle. Um, it's I mean it's okay. Fuck me up burrito bowl. It's okay. You ever been to a Qdoba? Ugh. It's like the same thing. It's what do you think? It's not as good. Oh, whatever. Anyway, it's overrated. Chipotle's overrated. I would honestly probably just take Taco Bell above it. Straight, okay, that is fair. Straight up. That is fair. All right. Okay, yeah, so he went to that he, he, he finished at Hofstra. He got, a, uh, he got a degree in 
political science, you know, which... What all stockbrokers do. I don't even know what that is. Political science? <laughs> yeah, like, like, what do they teach you in a political science course? They teach you that you need to get a master's degree to do anything with that first degree. Oh, that is every liberal arts degree. <laughs> and then you can teach. They're like, you know what? Get this four-year degree in... You know, uh, theater or music or political science or um, social work. And then, but then, what you can do with that is get another two-year degree. And then and you th- can teach. And then you can teach it to other people. It's great. Stupid. Exactly. Uh, he did that and then he was going to, basically he was going to get a master's degree. He was going to do that. But he was lifeguarding. For a couple of summers, and he saved up enough money to start up a uh, a like a penny trading like uh-huh. investments yes. company. Yes, yes, penny stock. He was a penny stock trader. Exactly. Yeah. That's uh, uh, Madoff uh, Securities, and he gets a lot of flack for saying that it was a self-started company because while he did have some money that he saved up from doing that, his uh, his father-in-law was a pretty decent stockbroker and gave him like a like like $50,000 or something to actually start the firm. Like he started trading with that amount of money and then he got he got the investment from his father-in-law to start a firm. It's like it's like Donald Trump when I he said say, he's like I got a small like- $1 million loan from my dad to and start up and that's all I needed to become one of the wealthiest people ever. It was $1 million. Ugh. Well, that's like, um, what's his ass? Jeff, Jeff Bezos. He also, like, borrowed a shit ton of money from somebody. It's how they all start out. It's yeah. that you borrow, you borrow a shit ton of money, and you can, you need money to make money, especially in the stock market. The more mm-hmm. you can invest, mm-hmm. the more dividends you can reap back right. from what you place. Yep. So, if you have money, odds are you're going to be able to keep making a shit ton more money. That's the whole foundation of the rich get richer here in America. Right. Um... So he starts this investment company, and that's what kept him from finishing that master's degree is because his company took off, basically. What would have happened if he had finished that master's degree? Just this sad, this sad, thick-necked old man would just be teaching finance classes at, like, uh, a community college. He wouldn't be in jail. Well, we don't know that Well, for sure. that's not true. He could have done so many other things. So many other things land him in prison. Like, all these rich white guys just always look like like they could be pedophiles. Especially now with Jeffrey I Epstein. Don't I'm like, you think that he looks like a pedophile? Come on. I think he would think about it. <laughs> that's, that's almost just as bad. She'd be, set, she'd be 18 in five months. <laughs> that's legal in a lot of states. 16 is oh, the age of consent in a lot of states. Start, you don't want to get me started on that rabbit hole, but yeah, Ohio, the age of consent is 16. Yeah. But the age of consent is also supposed to, there's supposed to also be a boundary in that where it's like the person has to be within like seven years of your age. Oh, interesting. So like a 24-year-old can fuck a 17-year-old, but like if you're 45, you cannot fuck a 17-year-old. I guess that's fair. It's all icky. It's all gross, but yeah. <laughs> but one's a little bit better than the other? Question mark. So he he starts this investment firm. It starts. It start. He starts doing well, and that's the thing is this whole this whole scandal, this whole rabbit hole he goes down, honestly started with him being good 
at what he was saying that he was doing with these people's money, which is investing it. Yeah. Now, to be fair, he didn't. He did things called uh, over-the-counter investments, okay, as well, which means that it basically they're not uh, governed by any sort of exchange commission. So, like the New York Stock Exchange is basically like this this body that just values stocks and then oversees their trading between people and companies Okay. so that it's like governed by some other body. But over the counter is literally like a direct, like a direct deal with the company. Like, like you sign this contract with me that I will like own this amount of the business uh, and I'm giving you this much of the money for it, but it's not governed by an exchange. So they can be, it can be faster and you can like, you can get better deals on it because you're dealing with someone in person instead of through an exchange. It's like an over the counter drug. Exactly. But it's investment. Yeah. Uh, Honestly. So neither of us are financial experts. Oh, no. By any means. Nope. Nope. Um, I have done taxes twice. What? Yeah. Well, I was claimed as an independent all the way through college, and then this will be my third year filing taxes this year. I'm 25. I've had to file taxes even when I was a dependent. No, my mom just claimed my income on hers. So I, so, oh. so, so here's the thing. If you're getting claimed as a dependent, you can file taxes, but your odds of like getting a return uh, go down because you're being claimed as a dependent on somebody else. So, but you don't have to. You're not required to because your income is being claimed My on somebody else's. My dad made me. I've been doing taxes for 10 years. I mean, it's probably just like to teach you how to do taxes. I didn't do get that. Do you think I still know? Do you think I know how to do my taxes, Kashan? Do you think I don't use TurboTax? You tax? know what I did? I let um, a friend of ours do my taxes last year. And he forgot to do my Obamacare tax form. Wow. And now I owe the IRS $800. You got to do TurboTax. It's free. It's hard. It's so easy. I don't like taxes. I'm doing your taxes with you this year, and I'll show you how to use TurboTax. All right, but if I end up owing the IRS $800 because I made $4,000 more than projected on my Obamacare, I'm not going to be happy. You might do that anyway just because some people owe taxes. It just depends on what the government tells Uh, you. I I, don't want to owe $800. I I owed money, too. Um, But... Because we're in the fucking service industry. Okay, anyway, that's the beside uh, point. Neither of us are financial experts. So uh, all of this was very confusing to me. Uh, Getting into the nitty-gritty of, like, uh, terms and what things are called, like, in stock trading was like, whoa. Yeah, no, I didn't even try. I was just like, okay, I accept this at face value. Yeah, so uh, just know (laughs) we might get some stuff wrong. Oh, yeah, we're totally going to get shit wrong. Feel free to yell at us in the comments uh, if you are a financial expert out there. And And help us? Maybe we'll learn something, exactly. Uh, But he's doing over-the-counter trades and what really uh, like launched him into the stratosphere of like the Wall Street upper class was, believe it or not, computers. Dun-dun-dun! So this is the this is the late sixties, all right. Yep. He like started this in like sixty four. So the year his son Mark was born. Cute. <laughs> uh, and he started this company, and basically they wanted to streamline the process of how they valued uh, these penny stocks, mm-hmm. and then how they uh, delineated that information to the employees that work there, so they knew how much to buy and how much to sell for. Uh-huh. Basically, because this is before you could just fucking it was just tracked by by uh, you know like the Dow or by the Nasdaq, which we'll talk about very soon. 
So what they did is they they used computer analysis to like help store info and help uh, exchange information between uh, people at the company so that they could streamline the process of this valuation of stocks faster. Yeah, uh, that's what computers do. They yeah. make things faster. There we go, Nina. You're onto it. And it only took up a whole room. So Yeah, only one, <laughs> com- one computer. Whole room. Yeah. No big deal. God, you had so much processing power. It could probably do two plus two in a second. <laughs> yep, probably could. Uh, now I hold a computer in my hand. My phone. A very powerful one. Um, Did you know there's more technology in our smartphones than there was in the first Apollo spacecraft? Oh, by far. Isn't that crazy? They had to crunch the numbers by hand. Like, about how to land. Like, they had someone who had to, like, do all of the mathematical formulas by hand about how to land the land a craft insane. on the moon and get it back here. It was 1969, for God's sakes, you know? 1969. <laughs> oh, uh, that's a visual gag. It doesn't work good in a podcast. I dabbed. Um... <laughs> so that's basically what he got known for because this was really helping the process along and really making this company grow uh, and, and being able to choose better investments and value different investments better. And it worked so well that they ended up taking this technology, this fledgling technology, and using it to create what I mentioned earlier, the NASDAQ, which is yes. which is uh, another like uh, way to value like corporations. Yes. Just like the Dow Jones is to see mm-hmm. how like the economy is doing basically. Yes. And the NASDAQ is specifically for like tech companies or like more technical companies that's hard to value based on other ways. And they used this technology that started in uh, Madoff Investments mm-hmm. to do that. So that one, I mean, this guy's doing great. You know, Yeah, point. he's already doing well. And this is about the time uh, that Madoff Securities uh, decides to uh, add a new branch to the company. Yes. Uh, the scam branch. That, yep, that's what they called it. They, they submitted in their LLC submission. They were like, yes, we're adding a new branch to the company. It's called, it's called the, the scam it's branch. It's called the scam branch, but the scam, the scam is in quotation marks. So It's an acronym. So... <laughs> uh, socially conscious Con- about con- money. Yep, socially conscious about money. That's the scam branch. That's the scam branch. Uh, it was the investment branch of Madoff <laughs> Securities, where basically... I'm not wrong. You're not. Uh, but so instead of instead of investing their own money into and like using uh, financial data to value stocks which is what the company was doing previously uh, for the security side he decided to be like oh well you know i have all this knowledge about investment now and about how to value things i should start investing people's money and giving them returns because i'm so good at what i do i should start stealing people's money is what it turned out to be but there are there are plenty of these companies that uh steal people's money totally legitimately by by investing it and then you know Oops. Maybe you win, maybe you lose. I have so many people now that are like, oh, yeah, I'm a day trader. I, uh, How, what I, do you mean you have so many people who are a day trader? I know quite a few people that uh, is like, I'll tell you later because you know them specifically. Obviously, I was just going to say, I bet they are guests 
at our establishment. They are. Uh, and yeah. they, okay, ta- they talk sense. about buying and trading stocks and investing in the stock market, which is something that's fucking annoying. <laughs> to oh, yeah, time. you don't want to listen to it. Yeah, you're like, okay, sure. It's like someone talking about uh, CrossFit or being vegan. But the but the the rich uh, hey, how do or kind of hey, rich white guy version of that. Hey, Kashan, how do you know if someone uh, deals with the stock market? You don't have to do anything. They'll just tell you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> They'll fucking tell you. Uh, man, you get a CrossFit vegan who invests in this. And you got a triple threat, threat. right there. Yeah. Right? Oh, man. God, the room's <laughs> going to explode. <laughs> Fuck, man. Uh, oh, yeah, let me uh, let me just lift these weights while I invest some more stocks in Apple. Uh, uh, give me a celery stick. <laughs> Gross. He starts an investment branch, and this is where things get weird, because we don't know when he started the Ponzi scheme. For sure. We don't know for sure. We have a guesstimate. He... He says, Bernie Madoff says, 91. 91. He says, 1991. So he had been doing this longer than I had been alive. Because I was born in 92. Yes. Crazy. And, but that that's like the lowest estimate. Yeah. Like, well, a lot of people were saying um, they thought it got started in the 80s. And but some people as say early as the 70s. 70s. One of the people who worked for him who was part of the scheme, uh, she basically said like, I was doing the same thing at the end what I was doing when I got hired there. She had been working there for 40 years. Shit, man. Did she know? Like, did she actually know she was scamming people? Yes. What a poor. Like, how can you go to bed every Yikes. night? Like, sleep <laughs> nicely every night and be like, yes, I can lay my head on this pillow knowing that I'm scamming thousands of people. It's probably easy when that pillow is like a down pillow that costs like You're right. like $500. That's true. You know, you're like, oh man, I'm scamming so many people. But oh, too bad as you like so pull, soft. You pull on an eye mask and someone like, someone like makes thunder sounds with a Foley sheet as they, as they like, like rub your head to sleep. Or a $3,000 white noise maker. Exactly. She didn't have to download the Calm app and turn her volume up halfway. Not sponsored, by the way. Yet. Not, not yet. Yet. The Calm app, if you're listening, if you would like to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, I definitely have a great voice for ASMR. Call me up, Com. Oh, they would, you would. You have a relaxing What? We were just talking before this about how goddamn loud I am. Yeah, but I think you could manipulate your voice to be um, calming. Hello, this is Kashan Bacheldor coming to you from some lavender fields. Okay, stop. <laughs> okay, that's, that's fine. That's not no, what I fine. want to fall asleep to. That's fine. Uh, you I, have a radio voice, so I, I thought you'd I, be good at it. I guess I had to be British. <laughs> there was no other way to do it. I wish you would have been Cockney. Hello, this <laughs> is Kishore Bachelor coming to you live from the lavender field. So, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> sleep tight. Good night. <laughs> Hope you have pleasant dreams. I'm going to say tongue twisters for the next five minutes. Two witches winding white wool. Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Are you asleep yet? Oh my no, god. No, I'll do another one. Oh my god, please no. Uh, I'm asleep, I'm asleep. No. Uh, but we don't know how long it is, because yeah, she said 40 years. 
Uh, Bernie Madoff said 91. Uh, the investigation said somewhere in the 80s. But we no know we know it was a fucking long, long time. time. You know, it, even with even with Bernie Madoff's what he said, it's 17 years because it all. I was gonna say that just doesn't seem like long enough because he got caught in 08. It just doesn't yeah. seem like it was long enough. No, I think he was probably doing this since Way the beginning. Way longer, especially with the amount of money that was in it. You know, he he could keep this going for a long time. Yeah. And he started out by uh, he basically he was part of a uh, a traditionally Jewish country club. Okay. That he got a lot of other uh, people, like rich people in the Jewish community in New York, to invest. Uh, into him because he was he was like he was one of them, right? Like uh, oh yeah, you'll like I mean they would trust him. Yeah, which is the thing about which is the thing about the con man. Which I did not know this, and I might seem really stupid, but con man stands for confidence man. I didn't know that. And I didn't know that either because they have they buy everyone with just confidence, but they have nothing to back it up. Oh shit, that they're, makes so much sense. They're confidence men. So and he was a con man. He he basically used his. His confidence about it, he's like, you're Jewish, I'm Jewish, we have a lot of the same background, we know each other's lives, at least at that that part, because we sell, religion's I so I celebrate Hanukkah, you celebrate Hanukkah, give me your money. Uh, I like latkes, you, you like, like latkes, give me your money. The Passover? <laughs> what a drag, am I right? Give me $50,000. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> Here, take it. I'll give it to you, I swear, I swear. Rosh uh, Shahana? I've got it covered. Uh, <laughs> that was probably so offensive. Here, I, here, just give me what you won in your last dreidel spinning. Yeah, uh, we're getting worse. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna die. Uh, <laughs> so he got he secured a lot of the money for his first investments, also in quotation marks, uh, from these people, from family, from friends, even like you know it started close to home, which is a lot like Carlo Ponzi. Uh, Ponzi preyed mostly on other Italian immigrants who thought they could trust him because he was like them. Ah, uh, you like spaghetti. I, I like spaghetti. spaghetti. Give me your money. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Rome? Love it. Give me your money. Have you heard about Pompeii? What a drag. Uh, when the moon hits it's your eye like, like a, a big, big pizza, pizza pie, pie. Give, give me your, your money. money. Oh, I'm so glad that we are on the same way. I'm like, I'm gonna mind, say, give me your money, and I hope meld. he follows. Uh, I hope he follows along. Mind meld, perfect. Uh, <laughs> and that is improv, folks. <laughs> uh, so he he starts his money here, and here's the thing: because we don't know how long it lasts, we don't know if right at the beginning he was taking this money and investing it. My theory is that this is my personal theory that if he was doing that it might not have just turned out as good as he thought it would. Like, maybe he wasn't as good at investing as he thought he was to really give people the returns that he promised them on this money that they gave him. Because that was the thing. He didn't promise He didn't promise a shit ton of money back to them. He wasn't like, hey, give me, give me $10,000, and within a year, I'll give you 50000 Right. You know, he basically, he said... Uh, give me your money, and I promise a 1% increase on that investment for every month that you haven't invested with me, which is a 12% increase over a year. That's a lot, though. It is, but it doesn't sound like it's not... It doesn't sound crazy, It's though. not egregiously a lot. So if you give him $10,000, so you would make $1,200. Uh, 
years. Yes. Okay, that's not that's yeah, that's not insane. No, but when you're talking about millions, because these because he's he's garnering millions billions in the end upon right, capital right, that he's pulling right. into the scheme. Yeah, but and, I can see how it would be doable to scam people right from the beginning. Yeah. But the thing is, is that's even better than what you can actually expect, though. Right. From the stock market. Right. The stock market doesn't go up normally. Because if you invest in something called mutual funds, which are the safest way to invest money, which is basically they create a portfolio of you that has a bunch of diversified stocks, like stocks from everything and anything, you know, technology, oil, uh, right. you know, like bigger blue chip stocks like Amazon, stuff like that. Uh all into one profile so that basically your uh, you receive dividends equal to what the stock market just goes up. And the stock market basically always rises in value every year because of inflation, whatever, whatever, always. Right. And it's better to have it invested in um, stocks like money, your capital invested in stocks instead of liquid and cash because cash always stays the same value. Right. But if you invest it in something, it'll always go up with the stock market. Right. It's even better than that, though. So it's not just like the normal stock market. He's like promising you really good returns. And people thought because what he did with his company, he could do it. Right. So but they believed in him because of all of his confidence. Con man. Con man. So we don't know. I, I think that maybe he was taking it and maybe it didn't turn out the way he thought it was going to. Or the whole time he was just fucking scamming him. And it's, it's probably that one. <laughs> I think that both are believable. Yeah, I, I don't know. He just has this, like, uh, I don't know, this little bit of sad puppy dog look in his eyes that was, like, I tried at one point, and so that was the only thing that, like, makes me think that maybe he did try at one point in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think he was just, I think he was operating as just, like, the shell of yeah. a person. Because here's the thing. That's not the worst. Taking it from his friends, from his family... That's not the worst. And also, uh, just to remark specifically on the tactics he used, so this is very confusing. I still don't 100% get it. But they basically said it was like it was like a shock and sell something is how he said he was doing it, where he would like he would like buy blue chip stocks and then like uh, set a point where if they go up to a certain point, they automatically sell like a stopgap. Yeah. Um, but it was a very small stopgap, and he would do it with a bunch of different things. Okay. So that you'd get a bunch of minimal, like, increment returns on stocks that he would purchase, and it would all add up to a larger value. Okay. Um, but the investigators that looked into it basically were like, there's not even enough stocks in, like, where he's investing to do that, to get this right, amount of returns. Right, Like, there's not enough, there's not enough to go around that if you bought everything, you still wouldn't be able to get the returns that you say you are. Kind right. Of thing, you know? Uh, split strike conversion, that's what it's called. Okay. Um... In which he bought blue chip stocks and took option options contracts on them. They frequently made their trades at stocks monthly high or low, resulting in the high returns that they touted. So they basically said, oh yeah, we buy them, and then we know when their monthly highs are, we sell them, and then we get that monthly difference, and that's how we're making these th this money back. And, he, and he's buying them on like specific companies that you know a lot about, like... Like, like what we would think Apple and Google right, and Amazon right, and stuff are right. now, but back then it was probably something different. It's yeah, it was something 80s. different. Um, it was Windows or something. Yeah, Microsoft. Microsoft, Windows. yeah. But that's not the worst of what he did because after he got all this money from his friends and family 
And he started returning some of the money to people because that's how Ponzi schemes work is that as he gets new people buying on. You start paying off the old. Yeah, you start yeah, paying off the old. Yeah, because then they and, won't be confused. Like, they won't, they'll, believe, they'll keep buying into it. Exactly. And those original investors, like, they like they were making money off yeah, of Yeah, they were. Like, a decent amount of money. Like, like the, the one who got paid the most was actually not even him after they figured everything out. It was this, it was this other guy who made, like, $7.2 billion. Holy shit. Past his investment. Did he have to pay any of that back? Yes. Which we'll get to that later after he's caught and everything. Holy shit. That fucking sucks because he... Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If you're in it that long, you probably have an idea that something... I would like to... I I mean, come on. Like, he probably knew something was going on. Yeah. There's no way you didn't. Well, if you paid attention, almost anyone would know something is going on. But that's the thing. No one paid attention to it because it was working. Right. Uh... Working. Also in quotation marks. A lot of air quotes today that you guys can't see at home. Um... But the worst thing is, is not, is not defrauding his friends, not defrauding these millionaires on Wall Street that caught wind of what he was doing and bought onto it, but the fact that he then started preying on charities. Because basically, charities, what they do is when they get donations, a lot of the times they invest those donations in the stock market to Which keep... Which, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, to like, keep their money their from money being... money only goes so far. Exactly. Like, $50,000 only goes so far. Yeah, and it's to keep it from being liquid, like we mentioned earlier. Like, even even the companies want to be able to invest it because they get a lot of this money in. They don't need it all at once to be able to do whatever they're doing kind right. of thing. Right. So they put it in the stock market to keep their money, to keep creating gains, mm-hmm. and then they, like, they'll make a withdrawal on it uh, when they need it to pay for something right. or when they're doing right. something with their charity. Um, so they're, uh, they're a low-risk uh, person, for, Mur- uh, person uh, for Bernie Madoff to get with because they'll invest a lot of money with you, but they won't want all of it for a long time. Not like normal people where something could happen and they might want all of their returns back immediately. Right. You know, they might want to drain their account immediately. Charities almost never do that. So he got affinity, he, he got affinities with all of these charities where he's now getting investments from them to, to invest in his plan. But the whole time he's just taking all this money and putting it in his Chase fucking business account. That's so shitty. He never, he, at least from when it started, whether you believe that's 91 or the 80s or before that, when he started doing it, he never invested any of this money. He took it and immediately put it in his own bank account. And then when someone asked for money, he paid it from his own bank account. Okay. I don't know how this didn't get caught sooner because like that is so suspicious. It is. It is. That's the whole thing. But because no one thinks if people are making money, everyone's blind. You know, that's the thing. But I. But like on the bank's end. Uh huh. Like what the actual fuck? Because the IRS is supposed to be notified every single time you do a withdrawal, or it, every single time you um, deposit ten thousand dollars or take out ten thousand dollars, the IRS has to be notified. Well, that's the thing is that they they were notified and. Basically, they knew all that money was going in. They thought he was... Just that rich. He thought that he... No, they thought that he was investing it. They knew, like, this was all part of his company. It was public knowledge that he was taking money and, and, and then giving people returns on it. So, so the IRS thought nothing was up. But if you took a second to look at what the numbers looked like, 
you would know that it didn't match up, which which moves us into how did they cover it up? So he's taking all this money from charities now. He's taking all this money from all of his rich friends that he made on, at country clubs, his, his family, people on Wall Street that he knows. He's taking all this money, investing it in, in his own bank accounts, not in the stock market, and then how does he cover it up? He had two office workers that worked for him. Annette and Joanne. Annette. Sneaky, sneaky ladies. Annette Bongiorno and Joanne Krupe. Don't know if I'm saying that right. Yeah, so they're <clears throat> they're working in this company, and their whole thing is is to cover this up. They they constantly churn out false investment portfolios for this. So they create a false uh, like trade request. And then they, and uh, that's set on one day that it was falsified to some time in the past, and then they do the same thing with a false trade um, sell, and they made it purposely. They would like look at a month and make it so that it looked like they bought it on when it was the lowest in the month, and when they and they sold it on when it was the highest. Damn. And this is a lot of work. They literally, they used a special computer program that let them do that. Like they, they developed a program that let them create these false documents that time stamped it to a previous date. And they planned it up like that every month. And they would send these out to people. And this is honestly, this is what caught the eye of this guy uh, named Harry uh, Markopoulos, um, where he was, he was kind of like an investments, uh, investigator and like a securities investigator for uh the sec the securities exchange commission Mm -hmm. um and he (laughs) there's this there's this quote he said where he literally it's like i looked at his numbers and it took me four minutes doing of doing math to realize that something was wrong and one minute past that to realize it was a ponzi scheme just looking at the numbers it's just insane to me that no one figured this out sooner and it's largely thought to be because the SEC is, like, poorly equipped to do their job. They're bad. They're bad at investigating people and finding yeah. stuff out. Because yeah. this this guy, Harry, was, like, he blew the whistle on him, like, three, like, three years, like, in a row. Like, 2000, 2001, and 2002, he called the Security Exchange Commission, like, office close to him and notified them every time. And there was multiple investigations done into him, but they just, like, they just didn't look it over. Strong enough. Like, they did stuff, like, on those, on those, like, fake buy and sell sheets, they would put the dates as, like, weekends or holidays when the exchanges aren't open and you can't make trades. And no one fucking... No one caught it. And this, this quarterly portfolio was sent out to all the investors every quarter. I'm speechless. It's like, it's like 4,800 people or something. Well, it's like... You weren't even looking at what's going on in your own investment because you should know that, like, that's not kosher. Oh, yeah, for sure. And considering they're Jewish, they should know what's kosher. Got them. Got them. And you you asked earlier how they hid from the IRS. Right. Uh, Well, it's because the auditor who was in charge of auditing them and, like, overseeing their, like, their uh, documents to the IRS and everything... He was in on it. He's like, eh, fuck it. He would just rubber stamp on it, and he would falsify documents to the IRS, and 
And he never really looked into everything too much. He would just kind of send it off, and that's how it was. So they're lying to the IRS. They're lying to the investors. And this whole time, he's just taking the money and putting it in his bank account and uh, paying other people right out of the bank account and using the money in there to do shit. When we talk about stuff like this, it's just like how much other shit is going on that we have no idea about. Man, that's the thing. It's like during during the it's good scary. times. scary. During the good times in the economy, these people thrive because no oh, one looks yeah, into it. yeah, no. Because if everyone's making money, everyone's loving it. As long as people, there are enough people out there that are have enough money to invest into it, people are always going to get paid. And if people are getting paid, no one's going to fucking care. Right. Which. Which is crazy. Exactly. I'm just not smart enough to pull anything like this off. Oh, no. It's so much. And there's a lot more than him. There's uh, uh, Frank DePascali was like his, uh, quote, CFO, who was in on it the whole time. Well, it's just like you have to have so many people who are willing to, like, do this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, obviously his wife knew. His brother was involved. Oh, yeah. You know, you've got his CFO. You've got these secretaries. Like, You've got the... Sandra, the, his um, daughter. Sandra. Is like their lawyer. Right. Oh, yeah. That was right, too. Yeah. And then um, the fucking guy that you're talking about stamping shit. The IRS yeah. guy. It's like, you need all these people in on this. This is a lot of fucking, like, Man. people. Money talks. You know? You could buy people into doing a lot of shit. And this is probably just one of them. Because the thing is, is... uh. The estimates are really weird, and we'll never know the exact amount of what was invested in in this investment branch kind of thing. But uh, they think around eighteen billion dollars. That's billion with a B. Billion with a B. Eighteen Brazilians. Yes. How how much is a Brazilian? I don't know. I think a boob job costs like fifteen grand. (laughs) Butt lift. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a George W. Bush throwback what yeah because they were like oh mr president uh i forget what happened but something happened in brazil when uh george w bush was president and they were like two two hundred it was like 200 million brazilians were affected or or like lost because of this and he was like how much is a brazilian (laughs) oh my god (laughs) something like that to think that used to be our stupidest president that used to be used to be <sighs> the good old days. Oh man, I'll, I'll take him back. Now he's just painting. Now he does oil paintings. <laughs> I feel like he has a good heart, but he sucked at his job. Yeah, well, and we could have had Jeb Bush. Please clap. Oh Jesus Christ! You know I do think about a lot because I remember when George W. I know this has nothing to do with what we're with Bernie Madoff. But, That's fine. Um, I remember when George W. Bush won his first election. I was in second grade. Nice. Um, I remember watching when uh, Al, it was like a split screen. It was George W. Bush on one side and Al Gore on the other side. And Al Gore saying, like, yeah, I'll just, like, let him fucking win. Like, whatever. Because, you know, all the shit with Florida and all that. Um, And, I mean, I grew up in a conservative. I mean, for those of you listening who don't know about me, I grew up in a very conservative christian community so like we were very happy that george w bush was president but now looking back i'm like god how much better off would we have been if al gore had been the president like we probably would have had green energy because he's like obsessed with the climate you know i just think about if care if uh john Kerry would have won and if al gore would have won like how much better off we'd be 
there's someone in Texas they right wouldn't, now. <laughs> they wouldn't let Bernie Madoff get away with this. There's someone in Texas right now just screaming. Oh, I, I, I pissed someone off. Ah, fuck! No! So, um, <laughs> it's actually a joke between my best friend and I. Whenever George W. Bush comes up, I'll be like, our Lord and Savior, George W. Bush. <laughs> so, love you, George. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't know how I got on that. I've had a couple ciders tonight and not enough food. So, <laughs> hey, hey, get a couple ciders in this girl and she will non stop talk talking about, about George, George W. Bush. Bush. Uh. <laughs> so, where? It's like she loves him or something. Yeah, that or another Bush. I don't know. Um, uh. Like George H.W. Uh, Bush. Oh, him. Yeah, or Vagina Bush. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Mine is uh, weed whacked, so we're good. Uh, don't tell me ever again. Anyway, <laughs> she's ready for the army. <laughs> the whole thing, <laughs> yeah, like up to the elbow. Up to the elbow. Yeah, the army. Oh no! It's attached to your shoulderies. Stop! Shut up! Okay, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> anyway, uh, all these people were involved, and we don't know. It's just a lot of work. <laughs> yes, so it's a lot of work, and you were saying that. Uh, or I was saying also, uh, was that in the good times, no one ever cares because everyone's always That's get their money. That's how we got to George W. Bush. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Now, enter in a product of George W. Bush, a lot would say, the 2008 recession. Yep. Yes. So everything goes to shit. Yep. The stock market is fucked. God, that was scary. And now that the stock market is so fucked, who else is fucked? Bernie, Bernie Madoff. Madoff. All right. Because now... This is what always happens. It was actually the same thing with Carlo Ponzi. It all came down because of the uh, stock market crash. A, yeah, a stock 29. market crash, and they and everyone wanted their fucking money back all at the same time. And guess what? You can't do that if you <laughs> if you never invested any of the money, so none of the profits are real. So he's like, uh, "This is this is where the like." Sad Bernie Madoff comes in. That's and what these sad eyes are in this uh, mug shot that we're looking at. Exactly. And everything from now on, every quote he says is just sad. sad. Like he's just the saddest man. He actually... I'm the saddest man. I'm the saddest man. You can be me if you worked this clean. I'm the saddest man. The saddest man. Um, he... So everything came down and he's getting all these requests for returns yeah. from all of his investors. And he pays off some of them and he's like really trying to get – he's really trying to get all this money together. He doesn't have enough money to pay them off. He had like $5.5 billion in his Chase Bank account <laughs> at this time. $5.5 billion? Yeah, I don't even think the app can show that many numbers on the screen, but – because the average person doesn't have that much money. Like, I will never know, but do you think they just abbreviated it to, like, 5.5B? Like, once you get a certain amount of money in there, they're just like, we'll just make it shorter and put, like, in, like, if you got some millions, you put an M, and you got some billions, you put a B. Sure. Probably. I will never, I mean, like, there's no way I'll ever know. No, for sure not. I'm not even in the 10,000s digit. The thousand? Or no, the I'm, ten in the, I'm in the 10,000s. Hey, look at us. Look at us, huh? Look at us. Place values. Yeah, I got yeah, I got four digits in the bank account too. Look at that. Yeah, four. Yeah. I uh, I work with fourth graders. I'm doing a lot about place values right now. Great. Yeah. So I'm not in the I'm yeah no ten thousands digits in my bank account right now. Me either. Ever. I don't think I've never had that much money. One time I did. Wow. Look at you. And then I went to college. Anyway. That'll do it. Yep. Um, Drained it. So they're all asking for the money. Uh, 
it goes from $5.5 billion to like $224 million in the course of like a couple weeks as he's paying Wait, all this 5. off. Wait, $5.5 billion to $24 million? $224 million, which that is a big difference. Okay, it is a big difference. It's still a fuck ton of money, yeah. but it's a big difference. People don't under, like, like, even me, it's still hard to grasp the difference between a million and a billion. It's more than you think. <laughs> um, Kishan, I don't understand place values. It's like a thousand million. It is. You know? That's crazy. For that, every billion is a thousand million. That is crazy. That a thousand million is a billion. And he went from 5.5 billion mm-hmm. to 242 million. So over $5,000 million. I wish I could have $5,000 million. Don't we all? Uh, <laughs> so, and that was still even a fraction of, of the return request that he was asking for. And it's about this time that two months before Christmas in like 2008, he, he says that he's going to give all of these bonuses at work. He's going to give $178 million of bonuses at work. No, you're not. Exactly. Well, he did, I think. But basically his sons called him into the room and they kind of knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. They knew he didn't have the money. And they're like, how are you promising, how right, are you promising right. this money in uh, bonuses if you don't even have money to pay investors? And he, he, was, he basically was like, oh, man. Like, that's when he came clean. He was like, I'm fucked. I'm done. You know, it's like my whole thing has been a scheme. I've never invested any of this money. I'm like, I'm fucked. And the kids left this like meeting with him and immediately called the SEC and were like, yo, our dad is fucking. What a fucking little snitches. He, this whole thing is fraudulent. Well, that was probably also to cover up their own asses because they were probably like, he's going to get caught. We're going to get blamed because we work for him. I also feel like he might have he might have asked them to do this. That is not out of the realm of reason. Because the thing is, is he he didn't cooperate with the investigation that happened after this at all. He he confessed, saying yes, I perpetrated this fraud. Here's how I did the scheme, and it was all me and only me. Because they think he didn't want to give. They think there was a lot of higher people involved in this that he didn't want to give up. Well, yeah, that's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Epstein where he air quotes committed suicide because you know, there's a lot of higher up people that they're trying to cover for. Yeah. Or that someone's trying to cover for. Yeah. So he kept his mouth shut about everyone else. He said, Nope, this is all me. What a Martha Stewart move. I know. Oh my God. But instead of being a strong a uh, woman in power. He is a very sad old Jewish man who was probably in his office being like, it's fucked. It's all fucked. I don't have anything. And then like cried and shit his pants. I would cry and shit my pants <laughs> if I lost all that money. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but so he definitely sharded just a little bit. Oh, he probably did that on a daily basis by the time <laughs> he was 70, you know? Oh my God. Do you think you actually shart that much when you're old? I don't know, probably. I just feel like you lose more control of your sphincter than you might think. Uh, my sphincter. And just, you know. And that's why I don't have butt sex. I like having control of my sphincter. It's the only reason. It's the only reason. It's, it's a, one of them. That is the only barrier between you and just... Anal. Anal. <laughs> well, and I think it would hurt. We're not going to get into this conversation. <laughs> We've already done some other shit. 
we we have like a quota where there's only so much we can do, and if we go over, it's too much. It's too much. Okay, I'm sorry. It's all my fault. I blame it on the ciders. Um. Uh, so. But Bernie Madoff has lost control of his sphincter. Exactly. Uh, he's fucked. <laughs> In the butt. Uh, no. <laughs> He's fucked regularly. Uh, By Ruth. Sure. Okay, actually, okay, sorry. I have to put the sidebar in here. Ruth, Ruth is a MILF. Like, Ruth's hot. I honestly did not look up a picture of her. All right, we'll do it. She looks like a Karen. This oh, is her I've... right here. For 72? She's, uh, you gotta switch that M for a G and still, still no. I mean... Okay, I'm not saying like, hey, Kashan, do you want to fuck Ruth Madoff? That's exactly what that's saying. what the I that's what the ILF stands for. In MILF is I would like to fuck. So that's exactly what I'm you're saying. I'm saying she looks good for 72. Sure. If if I were a gun to my head, forced to fuck a 72 year old woman, I guess she would do. Be on the list. She would do. Okay. Uh, if that's what you're trying to, to get out of me. I'm going to ask someone on a date. I'd be like, hey, if a gun to your head, would you fuck Ruth Madoff? You're so good at first impressions. Now. I know. It's <laughs> ah, another reason why I'm single. A uh, sheet of broccoli and terrible questions. <laughs> so he gets arrested uh, because they they say that he wants to come clean. He gets arrested. He confesses to the whole thing. Yep. And, um, obviously he, he pled guilty to the count of security fraud and he got, so basically the prosecutor submitted a request for a sentencing and they, or the defenders did rather, and they said seven years and then they upped it to 12 and then the (laughs) judge gave them, no, 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 like, uh, 12 is not enough. They basically were like. So he's he's seventy one, and based on his uh, his life expectancy, he would only live for another thirteen years. So just give him twelve. He can serve twelve, maybe be out for a year before he dies. And then she was like, uh, "Actually, let's do one hundred and fifty years." That was one hundred and fifty sounds. And I, I'm imagining that, like in court, they were like, "She's like, how about one hundred and fifty? And Bernie Madoff's like, "Ha ha ha! Oh, that's sure. ridiculous!" And she's like, "No, really, one hundred and fifty." I mean, okay, I will say, it's a shitty scam. He did a lot of shitty stuff. He's a shitty person, but, like, this is a little extreme. People did lose their entire livelihoods from him. Like, he literally okay, ruined people's fine. lives. That's okay. That's you know, and and honestly, they knew that that's just a life sentence. Like, if you gave him 15 years, it's probably a life sentence. He's actually in, he has a terminal illness right now. He's in chronic oh. renal failure, so he's dying of kidney that? failure right oh, now. okay. Um, so he still has his sphincter. Exactly. At least I think. I mean, I don't know for no, sure. No. I I don't investigate his, his sphincter. Jinx. You owe me a I that's not. I won. That's mm-hmm. not how that works. Um, it it would have been a death sentence anyway, even at twelve right, years. Right. Um, but the judge said that she did it to make it a point that no one else does another scheme like this. It's basically she wanted to set whatever. An There's four more going on right now. Well, well, uh, somewhere sure. Yeah. So, hey, your friend who's trying to get you on to to sell Lululemon. energy drink powder or Lululemon, you better watch out. It might be multi-level marketing or it might be a pyramid scheme. Well, let's just say this. It was a bad time in 09 to be a Murdoff because then his son committed suicide. Yep. And then his other son got lymphoma. That was like 
six years later. But he still died. He did still die. So, Ruth Madoff is a widow, almost, might as well be. Her husband's in jail. Her children have died. Which he, she does have her grandchildren, though. He, he, they applied for a conditional release when he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Or not terminal cancer, the terminal uh, renal failure. Mm-hmm. And they denied it. They were, like, ah. they were like, no, the severity of crime, we're not letting him out. He'll die in prison. And I turned 71 in prison, doing life without parole. And then my kidneys start dying, and so did I. (laughs) So did I. (laughs) We're singing tonight. I like it. I know, yeah. So he got sentenced to that. Uh, You mentioned Mark killing himself, Mark Madoff. Yeah, himself. Yeah, and that was after, they think, because uh, they were going after him for the money that he borrowed from his parents, and also... He probably knew something about it. He, There's no way they didn't know. He set up a something called a feeder fund, which is uh, like literally this company that only raises money to give to an investor to invest. And he was doing that for his dad. Wait, say that again? He was making a investment? A feeder fund. A which feeder is, fund that is a... It's something that they get investments to give to an investor. Like oh, they raise gotcha, money for gotcha, an investor. Got you, got you. They were doing that. And he borrowed a bunch of money from his dad, and they were suing him for a bunch of all, all this money back. And there's all this weird shit with the family that, that Ruth took out, uh, took out $15 million from a bank account the day before he confessed. Interesting. You know? And she said that it wasn't because of She's that. She's like, I needed new shoes. And they were... They $15 were, million. Dollars. They were Gucci. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Prada. Not cheap. Not not cheap. Not $15 million. I had to buy five definitely fares. not cheap. And a new car. <laughs> it's like a Bugatti. I don't even know what that is. It's like half a... It's, it's like one of the most expensive cars. It's like well, half, needed, a Bugatti Veyron is like 500000 It's well, like half a million. She needed one. She needed one. Who doesn't? Am I right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have an but, O2 Civic. It's doing me just fine. I have nothing. You have your feet... Yep. And electric scooters. These bat, the pioneers used to ride these babies for miles. Used to ride these babies for miles. SpongeBob oh reference for you. Oh my god! I wish you would come um, to work in a covered wagon like the Oregon Trail with a horse. Sounds more expensive so than a car. Funny. Oh my god. Uh, also, horse. I don't even where to get a horse in Chicago. The horse factory. Uh huh. Okay. Uh, so there's a bunch of this weird shit hey, going the on. Hey, policemen with the- ride them. Would they get them from the horse factory, Nina? You can steal one from the policeman. Okay, sorry. Anyway, back to Ernie Madoff. So there's all this weird stuff going on with the family. They're all getting sued for money back. Uh, Ruth actually did give up almost all of her money. She had like $85 million, and they she gave up all of it except for, you know, a paltry $1 to $2 million in cash. They seized all of his physical assets to pay off victims of the crimes, and they were... The, the, we'd mentioned uh, the guy who made seven point two yeah, billion dollars yeah. off of it. Well, by the time that uh, all of this had really come out, and they were really into like the litigation of suing for the money back, he was dead. So, oh. his, so his widow made it like uh, approved his estate to pay back uh, the money to the people. Not, I don't think it was all seven point two billion, um, but basically, you hear the number a lot that this scheme was valued at sixty five billion dollars. That's a high estimate because it uh, also includes the falsified uh, 
profits that he made yeah. that he said he was making off it. What was actually invested was probably around 18 to 20 million. And when they, and he had redistributed, uh, like, Oh no, sorry. It was 30, it was 36 billion, but he had redistributed like 18 billion back to previous investors. And there was 18 billion missing. So basically he skimmed $18 billion off the top of this scheme over the course of at least 20 years, if not more. I thought he had such a nice house. Oh, he had like five of them. Yeah. He had he had one in uh, Palm Beach. He had one in Italy. Mm-hmm. He had this really nice house in New York. Both of his sons lived in penthouses on the Upper East Side. It's insane. Um, yeah. Also, they talked about like the kids borrowing money from him, and it was in the sums of like eight point five million dollars. And I'm like, that's so much money. It's like to buy a you house. Know, you know, last time I borrowed money from my parents, it was a long, it was a really long time ago, and it was $500. My mom always borrowed money from me. She borrowed $2,000 from me in college once. I'm sorry. It's okay. It shouldn't happen. Never paid it back. It was my college money, too. I'm really sorry, Kashan. That shouldn't have happened. Sad story counter number two. I'm really sorry, Kashan. That never should have happened. I, I actually do it's feel fair. really bad for you. I'm so sorry. $2,000 is a lot of money. Yes. For a college student. If I still had that, who knows? Maybe I would have hit that $10,000 mark like you did. Well, I don't have it anymore. Yeah, well, you know. I spent it on college. As you probably should. <laughs> yeah, I should have spent $10,000 on that th- theater degree. That was, yeah, now yeah, we at, work at a restaurant. At least I got a biology degree before I started working at the restaurant. Yeah, I have an education degree. Oh, well, there we go. Yeah, I, I can teach. Children. You got something practical, too. There yeah, we go. Yeah, yes, I did. I did yes. have a theater minor, so. So I was, and you know what? No one cares, but I'm going to tell you. I majored, so I was a performance major originally, uh-huh. and then I was working at Cracker Barrel Old Country Store, and um, I was working with these horrible old ladies, uh-huh. and they were so mean, and I was like, oh, my God, if I never make it as an actress, this is what I will become. I have to get a fallback. So I got an education <laughs> degree, with, and so I am licensed to teach theater K through twelve. Dude, you got scared straight. I did. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's funny, man. Speaking of getting scared straight, uh, Bernie Madoff also <laughs> supposedly this turned out to be fake, but they said he got beat up in prison when he went to prison. That some other old man beat him up, but he actually didn't. He just like hit him. He just had a uh, hypertension. He just had high blood pressure. Oh, Jesus. So they sent him to, that's why he was in the hospital, but there was this big news story that broke that, like, another elderly, like, and prisoner beat, beat the, the fuck out, out of him. They did it. They didn't. He just doesn't pretension. Actually, in one of the letters he wrote to, like, his daughter, he basically said, he's like, yeah, everyone's all, when I walk down the cell block, everyone's like, hey, Bernie, like, you're okay, Bernie, like that. Like, they were encouraging him, and he was like, he was like, honestly, it's one of the nicest places I've ever been. Jesus Christ. So, you know... Well, for those listening, if you're a huge scam artist, prison will treat you well. If you molest children, you'll die. Yeah, just about. Yeah. Or, well, you, like if or you, they just, like, make you a cardinal or something. I don't know how that works. Ah, they do that, too. <laughs> or you're a cardinal first. I don't know how it works. You're I don't the, like it. You were the Catholic. Were you Catholic? No, I was Pentecostal. Yeah, it's all the same. It's not close. We it's all the same. We and get slain by the Spirit. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Obviously. Uh, so uh, I, I think that... Covers it. Yeah, that brings us to the end of Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff, the largest Ponzi scheme ever. And uh, I want to leave the topic of Bernie Madoff 
with uh, his quote after he got sentenced, which is, I have left a legacy of shame. As some of my victims have pointed out to my family and my grandchildren, this is something I will live in for the rest of my life. I'm sorry. Wow, how poignant. That's it. And that was before, it was right before he uh, tried to commit suicide with his wife. Yeah, I guess they took a bunch of pills. It didn't work. But it's but oh, she oh said that they attempted suicide uh, in between his uh, sentencing and when he actually went to the prison. But um, didn't work. All they got was hypertension. Didn't work. Yeah, and uh, Bernie Madoff is now in a uh, prison in North Carolina, I believe. Uh, probably ho- probably hooked up to dialysis because he has renal failure and he's not. In February, they gave him eighteen months to live. So. The, uh, Honestly, his 2020 is probably going better than everyone else's. Fair. He didn't have to deal with a pandemic. No, just kidney failure. Exactly. What I wouldn't give. For uh, some kidney failure. No, I don't want kidney failure. Nah, I'll get it in 30 years. It's fine. Uh, Not but, if you don't quit drinking. Just kidding. Eh, That's a little bit failure. Anyway, okay. All of it. Uh, so, There's that's Bernie about Madoff. it. Bernie Madoff. And the Ponzi scheme. The, the legacy of the largest Ponzi scheme will come to an end soon. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, I know I've had fun. I had fun. I derailed the podcast today, but that's fine. Eh, totally cool. That's what the magic of studio editing is for. Yay! And uh, we'll see you next time on another episode of White White Collars, Collars, Red Red Hands. If you liked this week's episode, please review, rate, or share it on whatever podcasting service you use. Your support helps motivate us to create better content in the future. And... If you didn't like the podcast, you can help us improve by sending an email to whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com with Amazon gift card codes and suggestions on how to improve, which we will definitely read. And remember, mo' money, mo' problems. See you next week.